0: welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Hough from Twickenham CC. Um, as ever, I'm joined today by Salman Ali from North London. Hi, Sal. Good evening, Dan. Evening, Sal. How are you? You well? I'm very well, thank you. You well? Yeah, battling on. But I've just played a bit of football, Sal. 90 minutes worth of Vets football, so I'm um, I'm taking on liquids to make sure I don't keel over. It's pretty, pretty warm out there, so... um so yeah, I'm uh, I'm good, but uh, feeling a little a little fragile. Um, that aside, also very pleased to welcome another debutant to the podcast uh, from a side that are are flying high actually in the county league in Division Three. Um, that's North London, and I'm pleased to welcome uh, North London's captain, Alan O'Shea. Alan, how are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you, Dan. I'm um, also been out in the heat, slightly sunburned, but apart from that. Goes to the territory, doesn't it? I believe we're going to have some rain in the form of thunderstorms at some point, folks. And I don't know about you guys, but I think it's a good thing. Our square at Twickenham is a bit like the Sahara Desert at the moment, so a bit of water on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday would be would be no bad thing. Um, right, let's dive into um, like dive into what we've got. Sal, interesting week in the Premier League. Do you want to talk us through what we've got? Sure, I'll go ahead. So um, definitely, the result of the day was Crouch Crouchend
1: beating Teddington. Uh Fantastic. Uh, well, game four, obviously, Crouch and for their bowlers in particular, um, definitely a game of two halves, as they, as they say, in, in 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 football and sports. Um, just to mention here, two new recruits for Crouch and played a massive part in the game. Um, Simon Jackson with 32 runs, which in the context of the day was a fantastic knock. And then you sign Apps Carano, who took four for 21. Uh, the wicket obviously favoured spin. I know Dan will be annoyed by this. There was 29 extras. Um, bowled by Teddington, so that never helped. On to uh, Ealing, obviously, who are still looking very strong at the moment, and they had a convincing win against Finchley. Style of the show was new recruit Ben Graves, who hit 103. And on their tails at the minute, obviously, Hampstead and North Middlesex. North Middlesex, with their two fantastic young boys at the, at the top of the innings, Cracknell and Holman, put one two five 1 2 5 for the first wicket, and then Luke Holman dominated the game after that with a big century and also took five forty nine And on to uh, Richmond, actually. Richmond, who, who um, hadn't won a game all season until last weekend, finally got a win on the on the, on the the board. Thanks mainly to the captain, Will Phillips, who were a fantastic 100. Despite the best efforts of our um, guest from last week, James Overy, who scored 76 but it all in vain. And then finally, Dan and you know, Eugene Cy Twickenham, who had another bad day at the office away at Hampstead, where the game was over pretty quickly from all accounts. And it was mainly down to the fact that Twickenham, from being sixty for one were bowled out for just over a hundred and that total was nowhere near strong enough for Cat for Hampstead's strong batting island, which included fifty-eight knots out from their captain Callum Jackson. So yeah, that's that's the Premier League. Just a quick mention as well mm-hmm. too, um, uh, to um for Bush to Joe Joe Carrasco, also a new recruit who who hit ninety-one in, in their game against North but all in all E-Ling still stay at the top, but the pack are in there behind them. I think there's five sides all in 21 points. So it's definitely a table of two halves of at the moment looking at, looking at how many points each club has. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating sort of first half of the, of the season done already.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll, you say that first half of the season done, wow, it's going quickly, isn't it? Um, I was I was interested by a couple of those results, Sal. I mean, the North Middlesex one, I mean, I, you know, I get that Holman and Cracknell are going to make a massive difference. They're great players and 340 is a hell of a total. Um, but Shepherds Bush didn't chase it very well, did they? Really, one hundred and seventy-seven all out. I, th- I thought they might have made more of a fist of it. Was that was that your view on it? Um, it's a tough one,
1: isn't it? I mean, I think I think the North Mid attack was probably quite well balanced. They had Luke obviously bowls leg spinner, Alex McQueen's a good off spinner, and they've got the young guys who opened the bowling, Teasdale and Elwin, Max Harris. So the attack was quite a quite strong attack. So for Shepherds Bush, you get anywhere in that total left and back really, really well. And obviously, apart from Joe Carrasco, who I mentioned. Not many players really made much impact on that on that attack. So, you know, the, the old adage is always get runs on the board, and obviously Northwood did that. And I think Shepherd was always behind the rate, right and it was going to be some effort to even get close to that. And that obviously was not the case, um, as as they as saw. So obviously, the, the the crouching game is a fascinating game. I mean, it's a club four mm. years ago we we're playing championship cricket, and now they're beating a side which are you know renowned nationally for for being one of the you know, forefathers of club cricket almost. Um, so it, it just shows you where you can come in with some hard work and dedication behind the scenes where you can club and take Obviously, the wicket was favouring spin. I think 9 of the 10, 10 of the wickets felt to spin. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's, you know, it's, it's one of the sort of fairy tale results that we look for in the season. So fair play to Crouch End. I'm sure Ted will be, you know, looking to bounce back next weekend. But yeah, it was a good day around
0: for for Heron and his guys in, in Crouch End. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- th- there's winning the game and then there's, there's bowling Teddington night for 66. And, and particularly given all the runs Teddington have managed to score this year, admittedly, slightly different batting line at this time round. But um, that 47-run victory, I'm sure, will go down in, in folklore um, at the Calthorpe ground because it's, it's a phenomenal performance. Um, Richmond-Bronsbury, yeah, Overs did pretty well, didn't he? It? It, it was a good knock there for Bronsbury. But um, they got close, didn't they? 23 runs, Um away from Richmond's target. I mean, is that what you sort of expected to see? Bronzebury, they've been threatening a bit, haven't they? But they keep getting close without getting that cigar.
1: Yeah, I mean, I following the game on, on, on Saturday and again, it was just a case of obviously with Will at the top for Richmond putting up a good score, competitive score. I think are always just behind the rate right and in that kind of cricket, if you're losing wickets and you're behind the rate, right, it just gets harder and harder and that seems to be the case. Obviously, James, James, James did his best to try and get his side close to the total, and I know there was, there was some runs down the order as well from one of their guys who, who hit fifty. But I think if you're if you're behind the rate and you're losing wickets on a regular basis, it gets so much harder. And fair play to Richmond, yeah. you know. Again, it's a side that we wouldn't normally see. I mean, in the last couple of years, you know, as Will mentioned to last week, they are given some of the younger players some opportunities to play, some of the twos players are playing in the side, and and they all come out really with some good performances and. You know, it must be really pleasing for him to to, to lead the side to that to their first win. Uh, admittedly, against the side who hadn't won either, but you know, it, it's just good to get the points on the board for him, and
0: hopefully, this could be some kind of springboard for for the side for the rest of the season. Oh, hope not. They're playing Twickenham next week. None of that talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think you're just right. Let's come I to think, your guys. To. Yeah, well, do we have to? Um, yeah, I mean, we were struggling a bit, and um, we didn't have the strongest sides out. I'll be honest with you, but sixty for one, and Ajmal Al-Adad, who's an Afghan refugee, who's joined us for about four or five years ago, hardly hardly knew anything about the game, and, and he's, he's playing Steve Finn pretty well. Um, but as soon as he gets out, I'm afraid that the batting fell away quite quite badly. And Hampstead Rolls Royce of a, a side, you know, they're they're a great great team, and there'll be no doubt looking at where Ealing are. I, I think they'll be right up the top. By the time we get to week nine, so so in that sense, losing hamsters no disgrace, but we, we were a bit disappointed we didn't put more on the board, and that's something we're gonna we're gonna be looking at. I should say, I mean, we're hopeful we're a bit stronger this week. Um, Rashid Mulazada's back after three weeks away. Got five for against Krautchen and was away for three weeks. Um, Blake Cullen will be playing uh, from a uh, Middlesex player. He's he's joined us, so we're, we're certainly hope, hopeful our bowling will be a bit stronger. And we've got a little bit of better availability elsewhere, so we'll probably lose by ten wickets to Richmond now. But I, I think on paper we should be a bit stronger, and we're looking forward to it. We're looking for local derby, obviously, and and it's it's an opportunity to get you know to get back on get back on the horse really. Um, and every respect to to Hampstead. One thing I would say about Hampstead is we we noticed um, their outfield is phenomenal now. Uh, I know they put a lot of money in, into that and they've looked after it. But um, it, it's if you want a good outfield, it's been well in you know it's money well invested. Have you been there, guys? At all? You been to Hampstead this season?
1: I haven't no. I will plan to get there at yeah. some point during the season, but not not myself, no.
0: Oh, it's yeah, that, that outfield is is, is the B's needs for every respect. I, I believe it's cost a lot of money, but um, you know, it, it's 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 as good as you'll find anywhere um in the league now. This coming Saturday then, Sal, there are a couple of other not not just Twickenham and Richmond to talk about, there are a couple of other interesting games, aren't
1: there? Yeah, definitely obviously Eden Hampson stands out to two of the, you know, strongest clubs in the league for the last few years, taking each other head to head at Corfton Road, uh, it should be a fascinating game. Ealing, obviously, you know, they're top, they're in great form. I mean, I didn't mention, obviously, Scott Scott some another player who who's, deserves a mention at the moment mm-hmm. just due, due, due to his outstanding performance of the week in, week out. And Christian Martin last week, you know, firmly believes that he's the best all round in, in the league and rates him really high <laughs> as a player. So he's obviously, yeah, you know, yeah. come on leaps and bounds and he's obviously going to be a massive player on Saturday. But, you know, as you said, as you said yourself, Hampstead, they're getting back to... The, the availability and, and the strength they normally put out week in, week out. Last year, they ran Northampton, the you know, second place on the table. So that should be a really, really interesting game. And actually, funny enough, to Hampstead, were the only side I noticed, who actually chose to bowl first on Saturday. So that's a brave call, but obviously it worked out. Obviously, the game was over pretty quickly. So it be interesting to see what tactics they adopt on Saturday if it's another sort of hot weekend. And then the other one is um, Sherwood-Bush-Teddington, both sides who lost, and we'll be looking to get back on the winning pedal, um, you know, in terms of yep. getting some points back on the board and point pressure on the sides of the top. So, again, I mean, I think some yep. of this also factors down to availability from the Middlesex guys, you know. If Teddy can add Robson and to their to their lineup, then obviously it's, it's a massive difference in terms of what they might put out in, in on a regular week. But you know, it'd be interesting to see mm-hmm. how those fixtures play out.
0: Yeah. I mean, My gut feeling is we probably won't see them too frequently in the future because Middlesex obviously be playing quite a lot of cricket. But as you say, if they turn out, they'll make a difference. Um, in terms of eating hamster, then I'm going to put you on the spot, Sal. So where's your money? Oh, you've got
1: me now, Dan, have Tough one.
0: Tough okay. one. No, I mean... Okay, I, so... I think
1: the toss could be important because... Right. Uh, if, if we If we have a dry week and the weather stay I mean, again, we, we're talking about, you know... Improbable. What's the what's the availability like for both sides? You know, what's where we're going to be like? Who wins the toss? I'm actually. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be brave here and I'm going to say that I'm going to go with Hampstead here.
0: You know, I, I've got a feeling Hampstead might be might be a side to keep an eye on. I'll be I'll be honest. I mean, I haven't seen too much of them, but you you you, you, you know that you, you can follow them online. But obviously, playing myself, it's not that easy to do. So, but I, I've got a feeling Hampstead might be might be a team to watch. But then again, you know, you, betting against Ealing. Not not normally a, oh, no. a sensible game, is oh, it? So, oh, I think it could be an, could be a, an absolute cracker. So, one to keep a keep an eye on. Um, moving on from the prem, uh, lots going on as ever in divisions two to four. Um, if you want the full lowdown on the results, of course, then they're all on the Middlesex County League website. Paul Smith does an excellent job of keeping that all shipshape. I know there's been a little bit of trouble transferring results across from play cricket this week, so they might look like there are one or two slightly quirky results in there. Um, but um, but Paul's working on those, uh, and hopefully they'll be all sorted in in the next twenty four hours. But in general, everything absolutely spick and span there. A couple of things caught my eye. Stanmore, they, they they rumble on at the top of Division Two. Um, again, spoke to Tush um, Carrier, the, the captain, and he said again they didn't play very well this week, and they were playing bottom of the table Wembley, and they got home by one wicket. The evergreen Mark Reingold was there at the end to see them home. But this is you know it's a Wembley side that's been struggling and and tush was pretty straight down the line he said we played some poor cricket but at the top of the table so that that's got got to be the sign of a good team um also saw enfield that they're, they're up and running with their first win of the season and quite a few junior cricketers to the fore um I, I know that they've got a good a good keeper who's only 18 years old who's um, worth keeping an eye on and and um certainly they they're, they're much happier than they were 7 days ago good performance and and they're pleased to be um to be up and running division 3 well Al, this, this is your domain. North London, you're flying high, right? Good win this weekend. Do you want to talk to us about it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good one. We, um, It was a bit of a strange one. We, you know, we, we played the Tamils. Um, and so we'd sort of done a fair bit in, in training in the week about, you know, taking high catches, um, bowling when the, the battle is perhaps putting a bit of pressure on you. Um, but we... Uh, as it turned out, actually, we—I um, think eight of the ten wickets that fell were bowled or LBW, um, mm-hmm. and then two—the two catches, one was through to the keeper, and one was at first slip. Um, so actually, it was—it wasn't quite Tamil's how we expected it. Um, yeah. To be honest, actually, a lot of that I think is credit to Freddie and Will. We we only used two bowlers in the end, um, both bowled fantastically, bowled really tightly. Um, so Fred ended up taking six, and and Will took four. And um, how many
0: overs was that? Al, it was probably what fifteen or so, twenty. It was twenty overs.
2: Seventeen point one, I think we bowled in the end. Right. Um, so Will were bowled out, and Fred was into his last over. Um, and we, yeah, I mean, I think people were, were quite happy with. Um, I think even the bowlers who didn't get a go were quite happy with the way they turned up, given that I don't think t- people were too keen on fielding in the thirty-four degree heat, having lost mm. the toss. Um but no, it went it went really well. So we had we got about seventy-five and then um Milo and Will at the top of the order we got their um we got their none down. They both scored a fair few runs already this season. Um mm-hmm. so it was great. Basically there were I mean seven of us who did nothing to it possibly reduced to five if you count the two guys who took catches. Um, it was quite nice. We spent the afternoon having a net and then wandering around looking at all the all the other games going on.
0: And I mean, lots of TFCs over time can be a bit of a pain in the bum, but it can't be a pain in the bum when you've just gone top of the league and you've bowled the Oppo out of 75. I'm sure everybody's uh, keen to have victory beers then, right? I think that's right. It was victory Pims. I believe the club's now out of
2: Pims, actually.
0: So, what's happening? Pim, uh, this is not the North London I remember from a decade or so ago. It was very much an ale, an ale and lager club. But all good. I totally
2: get it. I totally get. It. Um, so, so, did you expect to be top of the league at this point? So we ended up finishing third last season, um, and we could have gone up on the last day actually if it had a, another result gone our way. Um, off the back of winning, I think it was we won six of our last seven games. Right, um, and the team we brought through into this season is. Is effectively the same team who played the back end of last year, except with the addition of uh, Milo Jennings, who was a cult with us, who spent a couple of years living up north. Um, he played good cricket in the uh, Bradford leagues and I think the Cheshire leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's come back, I mean, he was a good player when he left. He's come back even better. Um, so he's been a great addition. And we've also brought in. Um, fell like a Will Jones who was playing in the Hertfordshire Leagues last year um who's come down to do a bit of I mean he's playing with us he's also doing a bit of coaching um he's in a way playing that sort of overseas role um and like he's been brilliant um he's a very good bowler very good batsman so we had a winning team already and then managed to add two very good players to it so um to be honest with you, I was sort of expecting, flash hoping we'd be here um, a few games into the season. Well, I can see why. If you had a good season
0: last year and you built on it, then that's that's got to be a, a reason to be positive, hasn't it? And um, and ultimately, you, you, it sounds like you've got good availability as well. You've not you've not been sort of massively hit by
2: by COVID dropouts or anything. It's still very much the same uh, sort of squad. We have. I mean, we fortunately actually, I think we've only used thirteen players. I think. Um, in the first team so far. And I think we've had the, the same 11 out three or four times, if you include the pre-season friendly. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, everyone's been, I think, in, in, a, in a funny way, actually, the the fact that we've got a reduced season has actually made everyone so keen to get as much cricket in as they can, so no one wants to miss any weekend. Um, so, perversely, it sort of, I think, helped us in that, in that respect. Um, but yeah, no, very, very promising. Um, everyone's happy. Um and it's just it's great to keep winning, isn't it, really?
0: Absolutely. And it is a winning's a bit of a drug. once you get on a roll, people get used to it and they get over the line. I was talking about Stanmore earlier and and Tush was saying very much there that, you know, winning's sort of the thing that they've been doing, even though they've not been playing very well. So um you, you can sometimes get away with stuff when you have a bad day and you'll get over the line if the if the team spirit's good, if the dressing room's strong and and, and you, you just you just know you're going to do it somehow. Um, and you're rolling in all this. Yeah, momentum. That's the classic word, isn't it? But that's absolutely <laughs> what it is. And I'm not right saying that you've come all the way through. Then You started with North London as a junior. Have you played in all of the North London sides or, or all of the senior sides or, or, or just most of them?
2: Yeah, no. That, um, I so I um, I think I've managed to avoid the six eleven. I think that's the only team I haven't <laughs> yet got. Um, but there's time. There's still time um yeah no I joined North London I think I was um eight or nine years old um so I was a junior there and then obviously as a bit of a cricket badger started playing some of the senior stuff and I was 13 14 in the fifth 11 um sort of slowly crept my way up um as Salman would know encountered Sal in the second team there for a little bit um In fact, I remember Sal dropping a. I think I dropped a catch on my debut, which robbed you of a fiver, if I remember that rightly. Or maybe you went on to get the fiver afterwards.
0: But I'm amazed that Sal has let you darken North London's door ever again after such a (laughs) huge (laughs) crime. Do you remember this, Um, Sal?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. It was against Glasgow, last game of the season, and um, we were down and out batting. Yeah, we were down and out batting wise, and I think the last sort of two. Wickets put on almost 70-80 to give us a chance and then um, we bowled them out for obviously well below what we'd scored but I think I took seven that day if I'm going to be too um, oh. modest about that and and Al did drop one but I think he took two afterwards so I let him
0: off he's off the hook now yeah. Could have been eight though Sal could have been eight. It could have been eight Never mind Yeah. It's <laughs> <Speaking laughs> performance Sal seven for in anyone's book fair play to you um, So how long have you been in the first team Al? Have you been there a few years now? Um.
2: Well, I sort of was, I was in and out, in and out, um, for a while now. I actually, last season was captaining the twos, um, at the start of the season. Um, although then after about five or six games, um, I was back up and sort of left the the vice captain there in the, um, you know, sort of steered the ship towards the iceberg and jumped Mm. off, (laughs) um, as it were. Yeah. And then, um. So our skipper from last year, who's actually done, I think he did the previous three or four. Sam Barden, um, he's still around, he's still playing, um, he's still really keen. So it's it's also great to actually have him in the side as well. Um, with his senior kind of experience, um, he's a great help. And he actually, he'd hate me for saying it, he's I think he's the only lad in the team so far this season over the age of 30. Mm. Um. So yeah,
0: yeah. Good stuff. Well, I think it's interesting you say that about the captaincy because um, uh, a good friend of mine at home where I'm from in Shropshire always said that three years is the right time span for a captain. Um, some go a bit longer. Um, some may go two years but after that it, you know it's often good for, for the captain to, to step back and then just go back in the in the ranks and rejuvenate the batteries but also good for the club as well to to keep developing not that it always happens like that but I think once you've done three years you've got every right to step back if you want it because it, it's a taxing job yeah. as, I'm, as I'm sure you'll find out even when you're winning it's still taxing isn't it you've just got to make decisions <laughs> and uh, um, stuff happens that you need to sort out there's
2: also that sort of theory I think about I think it it relates to all sports about i think they say you can have a team for three or four years before you need to refresh the team yeah um and not that Arton in in any way needs refreshing or anything um but i think it kind of goes hand in hand with that the the kind of the team built they have their ideas they they work towards a common goal and then eventually i think you just sort of you try new ideas you try something different a few different players um i think that's a sort of that three or four years tends to be the cycle, I think, really. It yep, makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally get get that angle. Um, and so moving forward, who do you see as your biggest competitors this season? I guess Wickham House would be the main one, right? Is that is that the way you see it? Or do you see somebody coming out of the pack to challenge you guys?
2: Yeah, I think it's... I mean, certainly Wickham House, they've been spoken about a lot. And actually, we've got them last game of the season. Um <sighs> Yeah, away, away at theirs. Um, so that could be that could be a good one, one to look forward to. Um, but I mean, there's this Division Three, having played this for a few years, it's always very competitive. Um, yeah. Anyone seems to be able to beat anyone on their day, and mm. we have got you know we've got Uxbridge coming up this week. In Uxbridge, who managed, I saw they, they they beat East Coast quite comfortably last weekend. Mm. Um, East a very good team. We played them and they, they were in the division in Division Two last year. Um, we've still got, you know, South Hampstead to come. Um, dangerous side. Dangerous. Nish uh, Patel, yeah. dangerous player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a banana skin if I've ever seen one. Yep. Um, and then, you know, we still got Southgate away. Southgate of good pedigree. They actually they were the team who beat us last year in that little run I was talking about. Right. Um, so, I mean, they are all. They, they are all good teams, and it is the league is very much one of those where if a team turns up on their day, they're able to beat anyone. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we're 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 still we're still obviously confident, and it's it's great to have this kind of momentum and and positive feeling um, yeah. at the moment. Um, yeah, so I, I happy to try that as long as we can, really.
0: Makes A lot of sense makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm just looking at this weekend's results because I mean, Wickham House won and they, um, until 24 hours ago were, were on the same points as you, but they, they've been deducted a point for not, um, not doing the lines in between the innings. So that takes them one point oh. behind
2: you, which may or may not be consequential towards the end of the season. That, but funnily enough, we, um, we nearly faced the same fate. Our, our groundsman was, um, he was ill this, this weekend, just gone. Um, so we sort of prepared the ground and everything in the morning. And it was only five minutes before the end of the the, the tea break that um, Fred, our vice captain, plucked out. And we thought, oh, well, hang on a minute, I'm pretty sure we need to repaint those lines. Um, so we quickly ran out there with paint did it. So I think Fred, we are, you know, Fred's the reason we're top, I would say. Not only is six wickets, but it's quick thinking as well.
0: And it's also odd because people think, oh, one point, you get ten point for a win. It doesn't really matter. But but those little ones and twos, um, they can make a difference, of course, if you win the same number of games. So so yeah. you know definitely a good idea not to lose one for a silly and you wouldn't be the first club, and Wickham House are not the first club to lose a point that way. Talking to them that they they it sounds like they're in quite an entertaining encounter with Barnes. They basically lost at the weekend. I don't know if either of you guys saw the card, but um they were chasing 140 odd, I, I think it was. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah I
2: didn't, I didn't, he, not out to win it, didn't he? he?
0: Did. Something. Yeah, yeah, they were they were chasing 155, and they were 65 for eight, and the number ten went in. Um, Talha uh, Malik, and he, um, well, use technical terminology, teed off, and he, he was 55. Yeah. Not, he got 55 in 44 balls, but it, um, it, it ultimately wasn't wasn't enough to to see them home. So, um. They, they certainly gave it a good go and, and just just, um, just about got over Brody. the line um, to, to claim well, their, their 10 points. Say again? Sorry, he did see them home, didn't they? They, they won. He did see them home. Yeah, no, he did see them home. Sorry, yeah. he did see them home. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was 55 not out of 44 balls, 5-4s, 3-6s. Um, and I, I think, you know, most teams would have, I wouldn't say given up the ghosts because you never give up. But you've got to keep believing pretty strongly in your own ability at 65-8 to eight to, go out, for eight to go out and do that. So... <laughs> every respect to him um and i look forward to that last game of the season and um, that sounds like it's going to be a, an absolute cracker uh, at, at your yeah. place worth worth noting that one um if we just move quickly into division 4 um division 4 not not a lot in terms of close results but i think the two, two of the best sides um are ealing trailfinders and kenton that's come out in the last few weeks certainly uh robbo mentioned a couple of weeks ago our, our actonians uh, um a uh, um, man, an expert on Division Four, he said the Kent side of the team to watch. They were very good last year, um, and they beat Headstone Manor by 62 runs. Uh, Trailfinders beat um, Hanwell by nine wickets, and they're, they're the top two. And I suspect they might be the ones to beat. So, um, worth keeping an eye on them in Division Four. Um, Sal, any any other results elsewhere that caught your eye? There were a, a couple that I saw. Um, did you did you pick up on any? No, just the ones you
1: mentioned, really, obviously, the Stanmore-Wembley game was one that stands out for me. I mean, Wembley obviously have struggled this season and managed to really make a real fist of it against Stanmore, who obviously, as you mentioned, have that winning habit and managed to sort of sneak home. But, you know, obviously it gives some sort of like um, incentive for Wembley to continue for the rest of the season with some sort of similar sort of gusto and hopefully manage to pick up some wins on their way. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think another side we need to obviously mention is how Saint Marys, who are quietly going about their business, ah, yeah, and you know they've obviously got their. I mean, Karwa Kazmi on Saturday was a up performer, a hundred superstar, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, took a few wickets. I mean, they're, they're a very dangerous side, especially at their place with, with, with you know, with a turning hot dry wicket. It's going to be anything, any side that beats them at their place will be have to be a very very good side. But so they're, they're you know, they're, they're just behind the top two, obviously sort of like nudging away at the ankles in some way and hoping to sort of like make that make that sort of top position there's in the future. But yeah, so, I mean, they're the sides at the minute who, who I'm definitely thinking will be contesting that, that table. And obviously, Alan spoke about North London and they've had a good start mm-hmm. to the season. But again, it's one of them tables and one of them divisions where Alan again mentioned that on their day, anyone can beat anyone really. So it, it's going to
0: be going to the wire for sure in terms of Division 2 and makes, Division 3. Makes for some entertaining cricket. Yeah, yeah, it's great stuff. And what about any other divisions, Sal, with the, the other teams? Is there anything that caught your right eye there?
1: Well, obviously, we have to mention second-level again. Does... Yeah, yes. yeah. um at second-level, who, who obviously didn't manage to exceed their run totem from two weeks ago, but still managed to put on almost over 300 runs and beat Brent from second-level by, I think, was it two hundred eight in the end, was it? Um, 208 run victory against
0: Brentham. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And, you know, they're, 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 they're I mean, I, although saying this, I'll be interested to see this weekend how they get on against Pro Phoenicians who play, I think, it, in Hannibal at some kind of playing field. So if they can top 300, I'll take my half to them. Um, I'm not sure if the wicket will be as conducive as it's been for the last two weeks where they've played their matches.
2: So that'll be it. I've, a... I've had, yeah, I played there, Sal, so, and I can I can corroborate it's not that easy to bat on. No, so, we're not, so <laughs> anything over... So, 308 will
1: be, obviously, a good score to sort of emulate, But, yeah, they're, they're, they're enjoying their cricket while the looks of it. They've
0: embraced... But, the may I suggest that and, to town Hamlet They're not going to die not knowing. I suspect they're going to give it a go. Uh, they're, they're not going to be settling for a sturgid, you know, turgid 160. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think they're going to be wanting to try and score 300 every week. And best of luck to them.
1: I think you could be probably right, Dan. I totally agree on that one. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, again, we've had some... I Obviously, you want to come into this fascinating game in... The second the second was it Division Two of the twos and Finch and Jim Carla second eleven. Obviously you've got a bit of a yeah. question to ask? I
0: have, yeah, that, that, well that was an odd one really. I mean uh, Finchley Finchley and in Indian Gym, um it was a, it was a tight game first up and it was going right the way down to the wire. And um going into the last over, Finchley had their last pair at the wicket. Um and um I know that off the last three bo- last Four balls, they needed three to win, and so um, the third ball of the over. Um, and, and I'll pose this question to you two to, to see what you 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 know you think should happen here. The guy runs in, the Indian bowler runs in, and he clips the bales with his hand. Um, and the ball still gets to the other end. It's not one of those ones where the ball goes you know skew whiff miles in the wrong direction. It does. It's just still a legitimate delivery. And the Finchley batsman, it's it for three. Um, what's your call? What, what what do you do? Um, I mean, Al, any thoughts? What you, you, you know? You captained sides, and I've in plenty of sides in, in, in the time. What, what's your first instinct when that happens?
2: I would gamble. I'm sort of maybe sixty percent feel like that's a no ball, but mm-hmm. if the umpires if the umpires call it a dead ball, I, I I would trust them. I'd leave it. I'd let it go.
0: I think that's a, a fair call. Now, I know, I, I know that, Sal, you've done, you did an umpiring course last winter, so you've probably got more more insight on, on this than, than, than me or Al. And I, I have to say, there's been a number of times in my playing career where I've just not known what should happen in particular circumstances. And you, p- People do play the game and they don't know the laws. And I find this in football as well, to be honest. It's amazing how many people you know get get, get, get laws cocked up. But this one, I think it's a genuine quandary. quandary. So, Sal, with your umpire's hat on, what should happen here? Yeah, okay, so as you mentioned, did a course during the winter,
1: and Alan is correct, it will be a no-ball, but obviously followed by the three runs afterwards, so would have been four runs, and Finchie would have been, would, would have won the game. But again, it's one of those we'll ones the where I think it's been updated quite recently, so it could easily be, obviously. I mean, it obviously came in June when Steve... It's a Steve Finble, the, the isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, yes, yes, in- yes. I mean, it's obviously called that, but it's, it's led by his actions, and um, it was brought up on after that but again it's it's one of those ones if you haven't really studied the laws of the game then you're not going to be aware of it but I was quite amazed that obviously 22 players and two officials and again umpire is not an easy job so don't get me wrong here I'm not giving any sort of discredit to the guys that go out there and do these games week in week out um between the 24 of them you'd have thought maybe one might have had some kind of inclination to what actually should happen here but
0: you know there we go. Well, I must admit, I should probably probably finish the story off, shouldn't I? So, so well, I mean, it is a Steve, the Steve Finn rule, as I called it. So this was back in South Africa in 2012, maybe, um, when he kept it in the stumps when he was following through. And I think um, that they had to make a decision as to whether it was a no ball or, or a dead ball. And, and the laws of cricket say it's a no ball. So in those circumstances, Finchley won the game. They got their three runs, plus they got a no ball for good measure. Um, but that's not what happened to Finchley. People weren't sure. They didn't know. Um, and the umpires ultimately decided it was a dead ball. So Finchley were left still with four balls to get three runs, and they didn't do it. Um, they only got two. So the, the game was, was tied. And I spoke to the, uh, the Finchley skipper uh, about this, and I have to say he was very, very, you know, very sort of honorable in, in, in his take on it. He said, look, the, the bit that, um, that, that, that interests him is that they were ninety eight for eight. I think they were miles away from getting the score, wow. and then suddenly they they, they they had two batters who who did really well at the end to get them so close, and then the tables are turned. That then they think they should win, you know, needing four off three balls. So they were more annoyed with themselves for not getting four off three, which I, you know, I think that's a, that, that's a nice, the nice, nice honourable way of looking at it because um, because yeah, it looks like people people didn't really know what was going on, and ultimately. Um, ultimately got it wrong if you want to be clear about it but at the same time you know these things happen these things happen and I thought it was quite an intriguing um, intriguing way to end end the game so our first tie of the season I think uh, in in the Middlesex County League we also had a very quick game Um, I'm not sure too many games have finished before 137 but Acton 2s against MTSSC 2s did Um, Acton won by 9 wickets and was only 16 overs in the entire game so if anyone knows of a quicker game this year then by all means, um, tell me. There was one other slightly odd dismissal sound in, in the league this week. I don't know if you want to lead on this one. Um, I'll throw it over to you. Yeah,
1: yeah before you actually move on, so talk about tied games actually. Shepherd Bush played Titans oh, yeah. weekend, and then in the, the last two seasons, they've tied against each other twice. So could it be a hat trick this year? Who knows? So that could be an interesting Well, in the last for. two seasons. Yeah, they've both that, tied that in, their, in, the, in the one day games. So yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, so obviously Saturday um, I was watching a bit of cricket on, on pictures as we do, and I saw a dismissal between the Tick- Twickenham Twos and Ossley game, where we've got mm. a very sort of honest, gen- generous batsman who walked, having edged the ball behind to the keeper, which was judged a wide-body umpire. Um, so I'm, we might this just get, get a first, first-hand first account on this from actually the person who actually was involved in the situation, Dan. Do you want to sort of fill us in a bit more mm. on this?
0: Yeah, it was a bit of a mess, Sal, to be honest. Um, lots, of this, lots of this sort of thing, you couldn't really script. And I've been out in some pretty damn odd ways through my career, but um, this one sort of takes a biscuit. Yeah, um, it was pretty dry at Twickenham. and got some good spinners, and they opened with two medium paces. So we sort of felt it was the best time to bat, and um, that's not an excuse. It's just a sort of explanation as to where we were. So I did leave a few. I do like to leave alone, but there was one that was pretty wide. It was pretty full, and I thought I'm going to try and whack that. Um, I didn't. I feathered it. Um, very, you know, very small feather. Straight behind, um, Omar, butt, takes a catch and, and, and goes up for it. So b- being a walker, and it's not a choice, just is, uh, took three steps to the towards the pavilion at Twickenham Green and, um, and then sort of noticed that the umpire, poor old umpire, hadn't heard the feather and had turned round because he was at uh, what we would call the Hampton Road end. Um, and he turned around to the pavilion to give the wide. Now, I was batting at, at the other end, the, the green spice end, if that means anything to anybody. Um, <laughs> and he couldn't see me. He had no idea I was walking because he's looking at the pavilion. And I thought, you, you have that split second and you go, what do you do now? And I thought, well, I, I can't <laughs> stop. It just, that's, just, that's just ludicrous. And if you're a walker, you're a walker. You know, there's a special place in hell for those people who say they're walkers but only walk when they know the umpire's going to give them out. So I'm not, you know, got to go, got to go. And eventually, after what felt like about six hours, the umpire turned round to see, you know, hostile players are going bonkers in a... In a pretty yeah. legitimate way. And, and he notices that I'm walking and uh, and he says, ah, OK. And 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 Julie rescinds his decision. And I uh, I trundle off to the to the pavilion yeah. feeling. But, and of course, all of this is on goddamn pitch vision, isn't it? So if anybody wants to actually see it, then unfortunately you can. So, uh, so have a look at Twickenham's pitch vision if you want to see that uh, that shambles unfold. On on Saturday, but um, but it was it's quite, it quite interesting, Sal, to be honest, because the Osterley players were were very generous in saying, you "No know, thanks for walking and stuff." But I felt like saying to them, "It's not a choice, lads." <laughs> I, I didn't think, "Oh, yeah. I'm a great guy; I'm going to walk." It's <laughs> just what you do. It's just what you do, and um, particularly when you, I wasn't feeling too bad, Nick, and said, "Oh bloody hell!" You know, away you go. But um, have you had anything as bonkers as this, Al, in, in your playing career, where
2: something similar has happened? No, i was just trying to think. I mean, I'll be honest, if I was in that situation, I'd be standing there lapping up the extra run, Dan.
0: Mm, yeah. Uh, I got that from my teammates. Don't worry. Yeah,
2: okay. Yeah. I saw once, I can't remember the what the game was, if it was a friendly game or a tour game. I remember seeing a lad out, handled ball. No, handled. Oh, no. Oh. I'm not sure how he was given out. He Basically, he chopped the ball down um, and it sort of spanned backwards and it was going to come down on his stumps. And he sort of put his hand on top of the bales to almost stop. I think he had a bit of a kind of brain freeze. Rather than push the ball away or hit the ball away, he put his hand on top of the bales to prevent oh. them being this disc- when the ball hit the stump. Um, <laughs> that's an odd one he was, yeah he was given out and I can't I actually can't remember if they gave him out handleball or I assume obstructing the field would be the other one mm. but either way he he was told to walk and he really wasn't happy about it and I don't think he had much of a leg to stand on that's an interesting one
0: I, mean, well, I had was, another one actually many years ago and it wasn't it wasn't involving me but it was involving my club where and Sal I'd, I'd be intrigued to know what the official position on this is right where well, our 5th eleven were playing at Wembley and um, the two batters went out to open the batting. This is a, a guy called Andy Donlan, who still plays with us now, and Gilly Sanchez, who's... Um, Gilly's still playing. He's not playing this year because of COVID concerns, but he must be 65, and he's still going strong. And, and they went out to bat um, in the second innings at Wembley. And um, Donner's w- was at uh, a, a non-striker's end, and, and Gilly was just about to take guard. And he said, and he just raised his hand, Gilbert, just can I have a quick word? And, and he said, Gilly, um, is there any reason you haven't got your pads on? And Gilly was like, <laughs> oh, my God. God, you know, he hadn't put his pads on the clown. And I, I love the way that our guide walked all the way out to the middle with him and not told him. <laughs> but so, so he raced off to try and get his pads on. But the question that was asked at the time was, um, timed out, Sal? Now, is it three minutes from when he ran off the pitch? Or what, how does timed out work in a situation like that? To stress, he wasn't timed out. But there was lots of jokes about whether he could be. But what's the law on that? Good question, Dan. I'm not sure I can answer that. I mean...
1: We'll if, if, he, if he came back if he came out to bat without his pads on, or if you know if he if he was in the pavilion waiting to put his pads on and he took long than a freeman, he could be out, but obviously he came out to bat ready to bat. So I'm not sure but is,
0: is that the same as a stoppage if he was injured for instance? I don't know. Dunno. Don't know. Um Well to be honest, everybody was, was on like, the floor laughing, so there was no there was no chance of any cricket yeah. being played. It was such a ridiculous moment. But um but yeah, timed out. No, I've never had a timed out, fellas. You have to appeal, obviously, don't you?
1: well for that, obviously. You have to appeal. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah. has to appeal to be given out rather than the umpire gives yeah. it out. So, again, it's about common sense, isn't it, really? thought I'm sure I'll be told if I was yep. on the course asking these questions.
2: I remember... I'm wondering if our pads optional or not, like a, in the way a helmet or a thigh guard is optional or not? Because I remember a game and it was... Admittedly, it was, it was junior stuff. I think when we were about 14, 15, it was the under-17s at the time. They needed... I think they needed something like three to win off the last two balls. And the striker was ran out. Um, the striker was ran out heading towards the bowler for the single. Um, so the next fella came into bat non-striker's end, one ball left, they needed two to win. So he took his pads off before coming into bat on the basis he wasn't going to be facing the ball um, and it would make, allow him to run the two they needed quicker or the three they needed quicker.
0: That's
2: got to um, be fine, hasn't it? That's got to be fine. I can't well, see why you... There's- I remember there was a really big hubbub about it um, and everyone getting involved, parents, umpires, scorers, everyone had an opinion. And I think they ended up letting him go without the pads. Um, I thought you were going to say the that, that they let him go with one pad. <laughs> that was a compromise. That was a <laughs> compromise. Um, I seem to remember them hitting a four anyway, so it didn't, it didn't play out. But it would have been great if he had managed to run the three and just got in. Sal, we're giving you a bit of a battering with the laws of cricket
0: tonight. But any thoughts no, on that? What well, past- they're, like, they're, uh, they are optional, aren't they? Again, I can
1: relate to. I mean, I know there was a, a guy who played in, in the MTCL called Gary Dutani who never wore gloves when he batted. I mean, he played all oh, levels of cricket, Premier prim, yeah. level, Premier Division, do do two very good cricket. A lovely guy. He never wore gloves. So, is it almost the same situation? Um, do do they come it under is. the same kind it, of heading? Absolutely.
0: You know yeah it's got gloves. to be so, i mean i think the mat yeah, not so. wearing pants but
1: <laughs> yeah definitely so i mean in that case i think it's, it's 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 a fair
0: situation from i'm sure we might be told wrong down who knows but i'm going to go with yep. that being allowed i'm very happy to be to be to be told what 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 the laws are there but it goes i mean what we were saying before you know these, these odd incidents happen and it's part of part of the game's rich tapestry isn't it um folks i, w- I was just going to move on actually to 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 one or two bits of st- uh, stats really and I I don't want to blast our our listeners with with loads of numbers but um we were talking last week about Tower Hamlets as you mentioned earlier Sal and um about their their score and and the fact that they um that they amassed you know this very impressive 410 for five well that's actually the sixth highest score in the in the County League. Paul Smith's been in touch uh, since 2001 and and I totally understand that the County League existed before 2001 and there were um you know uh, uh, some fantastic performances, obviously, before then, but we we only have rigorous statistics from 2001, so that's sort of where we got we got no choice but to start from. Um, in the period then, over the last 19 years, the top score ever I, I hear is 446, and that was um, that was last year. Harrison Mary's two. Sal, I think you you remember this one, right?
1: Yeah, from, I think it's towards the end of the season. From what I remember, and I think. Um... Yeah. Tom Pettit scored quite a few runs that day. But he may have got a double hundred. I'm not sure entirely sh- um, exact.
0: I think he needed score, six. Yeah. yeah, I think he needed six off the last ball and got four. I think he got 198 or something like that. It, it, it was definitely okay. needed something off the last ball to get that double hundred. Yeah. Well, it was yeah. definitely a big score. Four four six. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a decent effort. Next up, just for the record, Kenton four hundred forty. Kenton threes. That is four hundred forty for five. They got that was in time cricket, not not overs cricket. That was twenty seventeen. And third up, Uxbridge. Uxbridge threes. Four hundred thirty five for nine. That's in fifty overs. Um, and that was in uh twenty twelve. So they're the top scores. So Tower Hamlets did pretty damn well last week, but they're not quite in the top three. So who knows if they can do it? Uh, uh, um, do it this week and, and make make a dent on that. That leaderboard, um, guys. I was going to sort of just ask if there's any any more things you wanted to throw in here. Sal, any any um, other tidbits of information yeah. we need to know? Just quickly, we've got the the League Cup um, final
1: finals being played this weekend. So League ah, Cup we one, we have um, Ealing Richmond and Teddington and Twickenham, Northwind, yep. Finchley and Brondesbury Stanmore, and then in, in League Cup two, obviously North London right away at Hornsey, which should be an interesting time. Winchmore Hill, congratulations, who have gone through to the semi final haven't Beaten Southampton, so they're waiting to see who wins out of Winfield and Harrow. and The winners of Horns in North London will play Tower Hamlets or Wickham House in the semi finals. So, yeah, so busy weekend for lots fantastic. of clubs.
0: Yep, fantastic. Al, are you playing on the Sunday as well? Are you playing in the cup game? I'll
2: be playing on the Sunday,
0: yeah. Um, I'm looking you forward to the Horns, yeah. You're gonna find it, right? It's not too difficult for you boys to, to, to find. okay, just checking,
2: yeah. One, one fence the scale, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, very much looking forward to that one. Actually, they um, obviously we want to try and put ourselves up against the teams in in, in Division Two see how we compare. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And actually, we've ended up playing. I think this is the third Sunday and four we've ended up playing Hornsey because they've um, our NDL side played against them Sunday just gone, and then two Sundays previously. Um, and I, we've won one. They've won one. So potentially this settles the settles the mini series. This is the decider. Yeah. This is it. Excellent yeah.
0: stuff. Ex excellent stuff. Well, hope you go well, mate. Best of luck with that, and best okay. of luck for the rest of the season. We will no doubt hear more of um, how, how you get on via Sal, and hopefully we can get you back on the pod um, at, at a later date to, to get the full lowdown there. Particularly, you know, I'm very okay. intrigued with that last game because it could be it could be you know a, a real knicker gripper against Wickham House. So best of luck moving forward. Dan, very, very well. quickly, so I thought I thought
1: we had up to finish off, yes. very quickly, just to let you know, I've got the scorecard up from that um, Harris St. Mary's game, and Tom Petty actually scored 299 that day,
0: not out. <laughs> oh, so it was the 300 he missed out on?
1: Yeah, so their the final score, obviously, was 4 4 5 for four, sorry, and he was in 299, not out.
0: Wow. I, I knew he was not far away from a, a round number, but I think he nearly... 300 runs, That that, that would have been... Um, that has to be the highest score ever in the league Paul are you listening Paul Smith um, that's our question this week what's the highest individual batting scores in all divisions in be, the yeah. league well yeah that is, you can't have anyone who scored more than 299 I haven't scored that in you know it took me two years to score that once um, <laughs> so, but then, there we go um, guys always a pleasure we'll uh, we'll catch up again next week cheers dad cheers bye you. bye